And the most special thing is that God speaks to your heart, Mm -hmm. and He tells you exactly what you need to hear Mm -hmm. at exactly the right time. And can He do that through a friend's words? Sure. Can Mm -hmm. He do that through a text or through a scripture? Yes. But what I found through this process was that He did it in His time, Mm -hmm. and it was just what I needed. And I didn't really need all of those extra Mm -hmm. words. Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, Hindsight is Everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. cancer. Even saying the word, hearing the word, it makes my stomach drop. But when it's tied to someone you love, it's hard not just to say it or to hear it, but all of a sudden, you feel it. When that word comes into your life, it's a permanent marker. The lens through which you see the world shifts. Places have new meaning. You hear songs differently. Everyday moments don't feel so everyday anymore. I didn't think of any of this. Honestly, I didn't know any of this until my friend Jenny was diagnosed with breast cancer last summer. Jenny has invested in my life since I was a freshman in high school. She taught me unfiltered kindness, genuine openness, that it's okay to not know where your keys are 80% of the time. And more than anything else, she has taught me grace. How to give grace, how to receive it. How grace should be your default instead of your last resort. And how through the unexpected, through the fear, the worry, the pain, you take a posture of grace. A position molded by God's faithfulness, His goodness, and His redemption. Jenny shares her story with us on No One Told Me Suffering Could Be Sweet. All right, friends, this is an interview that has been in the works for a little while, and I am extremely excited about it, probably more so than any of my other interviews. We are with Jenny Miller, who I have known for a very long time. I remember my mom, was she your small group leader or just a youth group leader for you? I think it was a small group leader. I specifically remember whenever that season of life was that you and Tim broke up when you were dating, and I remember her... Maybe she was talking to you after church one day, and I just had to sit in a pew and wait. That's about. That's probably my first memory of you. <laughs> that's Jen. what my kids do now. That's why wait for me to quit talking. Um, but I've been so excited about this, just because of all the wisdom you've already poured into my life. You're kind of the one who has prepared me for a lot of the stages that I did go through, which is the whole Thank point you. of this podcast. So, tell us a little bit, Jen, about <clears throat> things that you're super into right now, things that you love to do, that kind of deal. Well. There are a lot of things I'm into that I don't get to do right now, but um, obviously love spending time with my family. Mm. Any chance I get to go for a walk with a friend, go for a hike. I wish I was camping more. I don't, Jen, (laughs) I can't Um, get on board with this camping thing. Camping, anything outside. If the sun's shining, I want to be outside. Mm -hmm. Did you all make homemade ornaments this year? We did. Mine was actually a picture of my camper that I've yet to use. (laughs) 
I got these cool little um, wood burning tools. Mm-hmm. So you have, it's like kind of like a pen that heats yeah. up and it will burn images into the wood. So I burned a picture of my camper into a little <laughs> Did you have a sketch or did you freehand it? I had a, a picture that I was going by and then just kind of drew it onto the ornament. It didn't turn out great, but it was a memory. <laughs> but you know what it, it is. It was a memory for 2018 of... Um, Will it hang on else. the tree? It did. Oh. Well, I already put my tree up yesterday, but... Stop yes. judging me because my tree's still up. I know you're looking at it and judging me. Stop it. I'm looking at it right now. I just love it so much. I'm just really committed to this Christmas thing. <laughs> so, Jen, 2018, I will say it probably wasn't the greatest year for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair to say. Will you just share a little bit about your story? I think it kind of, this part of your story started in July-ish. Yes. So well, share a little bit about that. I guess it was back in June. I mm-hmm. actually was, uh, being a nurse practitioner, I always want to practice what I preach. I was doing just routine self-breast exam like I usually do, and I found a lump that I hadn't ever noticed before. And I'm such an optimist that I truly believed it would be nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, it'll be a cyst or something like that. You're very calming. That's just what well, you always do. And I always believe the best. Mm-hmm. I always believe that if there's an 80% chance of something happening. Like I'm going to be in that majority, you mm-hmm. know? And so I didn't do anything about it for about a month because mm-hmm. I just thought, well, you know, maybe it will shrink or it will go away or maybe it's a cyst or something mm-hmm. like that. So after a month when it hadn't changed, I thought I should probably go ahead and get a mammogram. I'm not quite old enough for the, the screening, but mm-hmm. maybe I should just call and get it checked out. So I did. I got an appointment with my doctor and she examined me and said, you know, it's probably nothing. But I'll send you for a mammogram. and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Those type of mammograms that I went for that day, you know, they don't just send you a letter later. Mm -hmm. The doctor comes in the room before you leave that day and tells you what their opinion is of of the pictures. And so the doctor came in that day and I was by myself, again, expecting nothing. And he said, you know, this is cancer. Mm. And I just remember, of course, my heart sank and it didn't feel real in the moment. And so in the kindest way I knew how to ask him, I said, you know, is there any chance this is benign? And mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to say, is there any chance Are you're you wrong? wrong? Yes. <laughs> but I didn't because um, I didn't want to question him. Mm-hmm. But he just looked at me and he shook his head and he said, um, this is going to be cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember this. I mean, it was very surreal walking out to my car after that appointment. And he said, you know, we need to get you right back in for biopsies and all this. And I said, well, we have a trip planned for Colorado. We've been planning for a year. We're taking mm-hmm. our kids and I really don't want to cancel it. And he said, when are you leaving? I said, we're supposed to leave on Wednesday. Of course, this was on Monday. So Mm -hmm. he said, if you'll come back tomorrow and do your biopsies, then you can go on your trip. And so that's what I did. I Mm -hmm. came back the next day and did a couple of biopsies. And that was really a painful process. And, you know, all the while Tim is on his sabbatical, he's in New Mm -hmm. York. So when I call him on Monday and tell him, look, the doctor has told me this is cancer and I have to come back tomorrow for biopsies. Of course, he was scrambling, trying to get back into Mm -hmm. town Mm -hmm. um, so that he could go with me on Tuesday. And he thankfully was able to make it back. And so came back on Tuesday and then we left for our trip on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor said, just be near your phone on Thursday, somewhere when you're in Colorado between 12 and 2, I'm going to be calling you with the results. So make sure yeah. you're in a place where you can get that phone call. So anyways, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> tell me if I had the timeline right. It was maybe a Friday that you went just to get the lump checked out, right? Yes. And 
Then that's when your doctor on that Friday said, I think this might be something more. The first one on Friday was when the doctor checked me, the one that I usually go to. And she said, I don't think this will be anything, but Mm -hmm. we need to get you in for a mammogram. It was actually the following Monday Mm -hmm. is when I went for a mammogram, a little Mm -hmm. over a week later. Yeah. Um, So how in that waiting period of... It could be something it couldn't. Were mm-hmm. you pretty optimistic? Because that's just your demeanor. Definitely. I honestly, in my heart of hearts, did not believe it would be anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd mentioned it to Tim in passing. Hey, I'm going to go have this done. I really don't think it's anything. He started worrying because that's his personality. But honestly, I truly was not concerned. Mm-hmm. When you found out on that Monday, when the doctor said, I think, mm-hmm. I think this is cancer, I'm fairly certain. And you had to call and mm-hmm. tell Tim when he was in New York. From your experience, because you also had a family member who was diagnosed with cancer before you, mm-hmm. and they had to tell you, so you had to hear that news. Mm-hmm. Is it harder to be the one who has to tell someone, mm-hmm. I have cancer, or to be the one who has to hear it? I mean, I'm yes. sure it's hard in different ways, but in your experience. I think it's definitely harder to tell someone. Mm-hmm. Early on, and I found it just got harder those first few days, and especially after the biopsy results came back, the type of cancer and that it was a little worse than we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. You're trying so hard to gather your own emotions mm-hmm. to keep yourself together that you, when you tell someone to handle their emotion, their shock, their sadness, all of those things on top of your own feels crippling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can handle this myself in the quietness of the moment. I know I'm going to be okay. God mm-hmm. is with me. He's going to get me through this. I, you know, I don't know how, but it's going to be okay. But to tell someone else that and to have them break down and be without words or to mm-hmm. weep or, you know, it was so heavy. It was so hard mm-hmm. to hold myself together mm-hmm. and handle their emotion as well. Mm-hmm. And every single person I had to tell for the first time, that's the emotion, the heaviness. So you had there. to feel it over and over again. And then you just didn't want to see anyone new. You mm-hmm. wanted people to magically know mm-hmm. about it already because you didn't want to have to tell anybody mm-hmm. again. And for that shock to be the first thing, mm-hmm. you know. Did you feel like you had to live it <clears throat> again? You know, like. I think it was just, I wanted to be conscientious of them as well. I didn't Mm -hmm. want them to be sad for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to hurt for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be okay. I just kept telling myself that it is going to be okay. But to convey that to someone who just hears the news from you, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And and so I didn't want everyone being sad for me. Mm -hmm. But you can't help that. Yep. People just are. So the doctors told you what it was. You did your biopsy. You got the call in Colorado with super spotty cell service, if I remember correctly. There was one room in the cabin that had cell service, and that was Mm -hmm. the kitchen, this little bar area in the kitchen. So I had my phone sitting there, and it, it was right at noon. Of course, I was ready before noon, and and I was ready to wait. But right at noon, he called, and and that's when he said we were hoping it was a type of cancer that just surgery would be the cure, and mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be looking at radiation or chemotherapy or any of the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when he said it's it's invasive um, cancer, which means it had gotten out of the original area and, and started to invade the rest of the other breast tissue. Mm-hmm. And that's when he said, you know, this is more complicated than what we originally talked about. And so that's when I started to really, I think, fear sort of set mm-hmm. in. Because then you start to think, is it just here or is it somewhere else in my body? And Mm -hmm. it turns into a bigger monster Mm -hmm. at that point. When you went on this trip, (laughs) I remember when you decided you all were still going to go on this trip. What emotions were wrapped up in that trip? I mean, were you able to really enjoy? Is Colorado a place you feel like you're going to be able to go again with joy or... 
I think it will be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. We've we've actually talked about that. You know, we want to go back next year. I said it's going to be full of sadness and joy. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, you hear a, a song that you listen to. We were sitting on the porch mm-hmm. at this cabin, you know, just trying to soak it in. Even those songs bring back sadness and mm-hmm. fear. And, you know, it's in hindsight, it was such a blessing to be there because our phones didn't work. Mm-hmm. People couldn't just drop by your house. I just want to give you a hug. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have handled that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have handled that. The people, although it was out of love, all of the people that wanted to reach out and to love on us in that in those early, early moments, mm-hmm. I couldn't have handled it. So being in Colorado where I couldn't talk on the phone, people couldn't drop by just to give me a hug mm-hmm. or to sit with me. It was actually the best place to be. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazingly beautiful that... You look at the mountains and you look at the trees and the streams and all of the stuff that God made, and it reminds you how small you are and how big He is Mm -hmm. and how He can handle all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't trade it. You know, the kids and Tim and I could just be together, and we listened to music, and we sat in rocking chairs and hammocks, and we went fishing, and we went hiking, and just looking at, just enjoying God's creation, Mm -hmm. and it really grounded me, and it helped me be myself Mm -hmm. and not have to say anything to anyone else to pretend. No pressure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm so in hindsight, it was the perfect place to be. Mm -hmm. It was hard to go because you think, I need to get all this testing done and I need to Mm -hmm. make sure that I don't delay any of the steps of the treatment Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it was the best place for us to Mm be. When you told Elon and Silas, because Tim... You told them when Tim was still in New York, right? I did. I just want to get it. And I know you all struggled with that decision yes. of if you should wait or go ahead. I just know that many people who listen will face this or yeah. have faced it or are facing it. So for you telling your kids. And I think everyone is different. Kids that are different ages, kids that process it differently, kids whose personalities are different. You really have to do what's right Mm -hmm. for your family and your children. That day, of course, it was early in the morning when the doctor said, you know, this is going to be cancer. Tim wasn't getting home until well after the kids were going to bed that Mm -hmm. night. So I was with them all day. I was having a really, really hard time holding myself Mm -hmm. together. Just the weight of it. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't talk. Like, I I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to do. And I wanted to wait for Tim. I wanted us to all be together. But honestly, kids were like, Mom, what's going on? What's Mm. wrong? Why are you sad? They could feel it. They Mm. could. And I just, I just had to tell them. So I told Tim, I said, I'm sorry. I want to wait for you, but I can't do this. Mm. You know, I have to tell the kids what's going on. And so I did. And just, Kids are so resilient, and mm-hmm. God makes them this way. Elin, her experience with her teacher that had was like a rock star going through all of this mm-hmm. just the year before. You know, she taught her school year, and she did chemo and had surgery. I mean, she was a champ, mm-hmm. and Elin saw that. And so that was such comfort to Elin. Elin knew. Just the timing of that. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, mm-hmm. and that I feel like that God ordained that long ago mm-hmm. that, because Elin's my warrior, and she was mm-hmm. the one that I thought would not handle the news well. She's like, Mom, if Miss Thornburg can do it, you can do mm-hmm. it. You know, it was real, like, matter of fact, like, you, you're going to be just you're gonna fine. You're going to be okay. Yeah. then Silas, of course, his personality, it, it didn't really even face him. Of course, he was sad because I was sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I was okay, he was okay. Mm-hmm. But it was the right choice. And of course, as the days went on, we were in Colorado. We got mm-hmm. to talk more about it. And so they've done really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, some people don't have the freedom. Some people's stories 
are harder than mine. Mm. Some people's, their fight is harder. Their ending is sadder. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I I really, my situation could have been so much worse. Mm. And so I sometimes when I sit and talk about it, I feel bad because so many people are going to have it so much worse than me. Mm -hmm. And it's not so clean cut. And it doesn't always have a happy ending Mm -hmm. and all those things. But kids are resilient Mm -hmm. and and God prepares them. He prepared both of my kids Mm -hmm. ahead of time. And that's obvious now. I mean, I didn't even know about you as a teacher. And that that speaks volumes. It does. And he he knew that's what she needed Mm -hmm. was a picture of that. To have that foundation. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. You in Colorado, you got the call. Mm-hmm. Not the news yeah. you really wanted to get. What were your next steps? You got home. Mm-hmm. They talked about surgery. I mean, all of yes. that. What were you feeling? I know that you made a, the big decision to do the double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Most breast cancer journeys happen really fast at the beginning. In fact, mm-hmm. it's almost a blur. I'm sitting here thinking, can I even chronologically? It did happen so fast. It does. Yeah. And that, this is the story that most people will tell you. It mm-hmm. happens really fast. So we flew home. Let's see. We flew out on a Wednesday. We came home on a Monday. And I told, they said, what time is your plane coming in Monday evening? And I said, I think it was like four or five. Mm -hmm. They said, well, we're going to have an MRI scheduled for you at 9 p.m. at the hospital. So even the night we flew in. I I had had forgotten about that. Yeah. I had an MRI done. And then the following morning, I had my appointment with the breast surgeon Mm -hmm. who was going to do the mastectomy. And so at that point, we had, you know, the biopsy results. We had the MRI results. And then on my physical exam, she just says, okay, this is what we're looking at. I had a choice of doing one or or both Mm -hmm. because of the location and because of how much tissue was involved. I would not have been a candidate for a lumpectomy mm-hmm. or anything short of a full mastectomy mm-hmm. on that side. So she said, you know, your, your choices are do one, do both. At this point, and in, in, in this journey with breast cancer, and this is with a lot of things, you have to make choices before you have all the information. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the MRI, it looked like the right side was clear. But the key thing was I didn't know my genetics. Mm-hmm. So if my genetic testing would have come back positive, strongly positive for, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to have cancer again, most likely in your lifetime, then I didn't want to look back with regret and mm-hmm. say, doggone it, I wish I would have just done both at the same time. Because mm-hmm. a lot of women that have a recurrence, it comes back in the other the breast. Other. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to make some decisions up front. And you just have to do it. You have to just say, this is what's right for me, and I'm going to go for it. So I just really felt strongly I wanted to go ahead and do both because I didn't have all that information, Mm -hmm. and I did not want to turn around in 10 years or 20 years and be back where Mm -hmm. I was at that time. Mm -hmm. How were you feeling emotionally leading up to the surgery, knowing it was coming? That's a big thing. It really is. And I didn't know what to think, to Mm -hmm. be perfectly honest. You know, you go to all these appointments and the doctors tell you so much information that it's truly a blur Mm -hmm. because you meet with the breast surgeon and then you meet with a plastic surgeon Mm -hmm. who will do some like temporary reconstruction during the surgery. I really didn't know what to expect when I woke up. Mm -hmm. I really was scared about looking in the mirror the first time, getting out of the shower and just feeling like, what in the world Mm -hmm. has just happened Mm -hmm. to me? And honestly, all of that has been easier than I expected. Mm -hmm. I know I will always look different when I look in the mirror, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't been as traumatic as I expected it mm-hmm. to be. I'm excited about my final reconstruction mm-hmm. surgery to feel more natural mm-hmm. and to look more natural and mm-hmm. to look more normal. I look forward to those days, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it's okay. You mm-hmm. know, even if that didn't ever happen, I would still 
okay. Yeah. Um, but I do look forward to that. You came home. I remember you, you had the surgery. You're in the hospital a few days. Tim shared a little bit about what that was like and wrote his uh, hospital <laughs> opus, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All the things you learned in a hospital yes, room. And there was over like a hundred things, maybe not that many. I just remember. Oh, man. Um, they when, were so funny and, and so, were, and then they were so sad. It's and, just so honest. Yeah. Like all of those emotions in there. And then shortly thereafter, you had to start chemo and they advised you the most aggressive form of chemo. You always have the option, obviously, to do chemo, not do chemo, yes. all that kind of stuff. So I only know a handful of women who have walked through this as well. Mm-hmm. That sometimes chemo is the scariest oh, I think so. part yeah. of it all. So talk a little bit about that. So after my surgery, they set me up to see an oncologist to talk about the possibility of chemo. Mm-hmm. Of course, you, you don't know for sure that you're going to have chemo until you get your final pathology from your surgery. Mm-hmm. So once I had my surgery, the final pathology came through. And that's when I found out with the type of tumor I had and as positive as it was on some of the hormone receptors that I was definitely going to be encouraged to do chemo. Mm -hmm. So when I went to see my oncologist, he said, with surgery alone, your cure rate is about 80%. And when we're talking cure rates, we're talking five-year survival. So 80% of people will still be alive in five years Mm -hmm. if they just do surgery. Your cure rate or five-year survival rate goes up to about 97% if you will do what I hmm. am, am asking you to do. And, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he recommended chemo. Um, I just did Taxol and then another one called Herceptin. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone's first thought when with chemo is, I can't lose my hair. Yeah, sure. And I was just like that. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sick. You know, you see mm-hmm. just the people that get so, so sick and, and lose all their hair and it just wrecks their life. And then they have to climb back out of that hole, mm-hmm. you know, and I just thought I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you can and, mm-hmm. and everyone can if, mm-hmm. if you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I made that choice that, yes, I want to try to do all I can to mm-hmm. not have this come back. You, you know, all again. y'all were up there every Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. For 12, 12 weeks, weeks, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, you all actually, I know you didn't look forward to it, but (laughs) you made friends. I mean, it almost was like a community in that room. I remember the very first week I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was terrified. So we went that first week and part of it was I was doing some additional things Mm -hmm. in addition to chemo to try to save my hair. Mm -hmm. And um, I call it my hair saving shenanigans. Yeah, putting panty liners on your forehead. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh. So... It was. It was so. The first week we went up there, God knew the two nurses mm-hmm. that I needed to take care of me that first week that mm-hmm. I was there that would make it so much easier. Those two nurses, we laughed, we cried, we we had the best time. Mm-hmm. And so I went from being absolutely terrified to wait. I can't wait to go back next mm-hmm. week and see these girls yeah. again. And that was the story as the twelve weeks, mm-hmm. you know, grew. Is that. I love these these nurses here. They're mm-hmm. amazing. They're awesome. They're doing such a service, and they're called to do what they do, and I would get to go see them every week. Mm-hmm. Um, to someone who's maybe just about to start this chemo mm, journey, yeah, what would you say to them? What would your encouragement be to them? That it's not as scary. The first week, man, it feels so like I just cannot do this. But you can, mm-hmm. and you'll get through it, and you'll meet a lot of amazing people along the way, mm-hmm. and you'll sit next to people who have it so much harder than you, mm-hmm. and they're younger than you, mm-hmm. and their story is complicated than yours. And then you'll meet some people that have it easier than you, and there's all types, but it's a really 
joyful place. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were telling me about these nurses. I mean, you just have to be a special yeah. person who God has specifically gifted <laughs> mm-hmm. to be in that chemo room and help people feel joy and yes. help them, you know. Almost all of them have been touched by cancer in mm-hmm. some way. We talked about that last week. I said, you know, pretty much everyone here has been, you know, affected mm-hmm. by cancer. Most of them not personally, but a parent, a sibling, mm-hmm. you know, someone close to them that they participated in that and mm-hmm. then they fell in love with it. I've even said if I were ever practicing RN right mm-hmm. now, that's where I would be because really? yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's a really special place. Mm-hmm. Throughout this whole thing, I mean, you know, you said it kind of started in June up mm-hmm. till here we are going into 2019. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the greatest things people have said to you that they have shared with you mm-hmm. that have been the most encouraging to you? I think this is surprising because when you're going through something hard, and I'm guilty of this too, I want to speak truth to people. Mm-hmm. I want to give them a perfect verse from scripture. I want to give them a perfect quote. Mm-hmm. I want to write some really beautiful prayer and text it to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be really honest. Those are not the things that meant the most to me. Mm. Because when you're going through that, you cannot handle any more stuff to process Mm. through like that. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I didn't want to hear scripture. It's not that I didn't want people praying for me. What meant the most to me, I laughed because I told Tim with all of these words I was having to tell people and it was just Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. Someone Mm -hmm. just sent me an emoji heart. Mm -hmm. That text meant the most to me because what did it mean? It meant they knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to call them. I didn't have to tell them all the details, Mm -hmm. but they knew what was going on. They loved me and they were going to pray for me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that immediately when Mm -hmm. I saw that heart. And that's all I needed to know. I didn't want to tell the story again. I didn't want to go through the details. I didn't want to rehash all of that. The best things that people did for me was tell me, I love you. I'm praying for you. Send me a heart emoji, Mm -hmm. something thoughtful, something small that wasn't, it didn't have to have Mm -hmm. the right, you didn't have to come up with the right words. Mm -hmm. So I'm handling that differently now as I know people are walking this journey. Mm -hmm. I know that I will do it different now because I was that girl that would try Mm -hmm. to send the perfect text or the perfect card. That's me. I remember when Tim shared your diagnosis and in that moment, I remembered something that he taught a long time ago, you'll probably mm-hmm. remember this too. He taught it several years ago, I think, where he said sometimes a good friend just needs to shut up. Sometimes you just need to sit there. And yes, just because be present or nothing. And this is with anyone who faces hard things. Yes. Nothing I'm going to say is going to take the pain of what you're feeling away. It's okay. not going to make. It's not even going to ease it. Probably, it's not going to make it better. But I'm such a talker that I always feel the need to be like, my words will be a, a bomb to your pain. Yes. Let me share everything I could think of when. That's not what anybody's really looking for. It's really not. And the most special thing is that God speaks to your heart. Mm -hmm. And He tells you exactly what you need to hear Mm -hmm. at exactly the right time. And can He do that through a friend's words? Sure. Can Mm -hmm. He do that through a text or through a scripture? Yes. But what I found through this process was that He did it in His time. Mm -hmm. And it was just what I needed. And I didn't really need all of those extra mm-hmm. words. But I appreciate it because I knew people's heart. Mm-hmm. I knew what they that they were trying to encourage me, and mm-hmm. I appreciated that. And your um, love language is emojis. I just recently <laughs> learned that about you, <laughs> that you just really love emojis. Well, they do speak a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jennifer, people who are on the other side of it, who someone, a friend is telling them that they're diagnosed, or a friend's mm-hmm. mom, or, mm-hmm. you know, like the people who are close to you, how do you best support those people? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you be 
make them feel loved and cared about and thought of. Well, I think obviously, you know, some people are gift givers. They like Mm -hmm. to give something thoughtful, something Mm -hmm. kind. And and those things are sweet. And all of the people that brought meals and all of the people Mm -hmm. that sent cards and gift cards and Mm -hmm. came and cleaned the house and took up money and got us a washer and dryer because ours was really Mm -hmm. in bad shape. (laughs) That's a kind way to put it. you know, loving people the way that you love people, mm-hmm. you know, however that is, is special. But I really wanted people to pray for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to pray, honestly, that God would heal me. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to pray that God would comfort me. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to pray for my kids that mm-hmm. God would get them through. I wanted people to pray for Tim, who seemed to be having a harder time mm-hmm. than I was. I wanted people to pray. Because I know that God hears the prayers of a righteous man. I know that prayers move the heart of God and the hand of God. So I know like people would get frustrated. What can we do? What can we do? And all people want to help and they want to do and they want to serve. I know they got frustrated and say, just pray for us. But that's really what I wanted. Pray for us because God can do exactly what we need mm-hmm. him to do at exactly the right time. And so people, I think, got frustrated, but I said, your prayers are carrying us through. Like, don't downplay the significance of It's so of easy to do that and to throw it out, well, I'm praying for you. But I think, and I'm the guiltiest of it, probably, is I just felt, well, that's not enough. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. enough, but it is. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what people want you to do. And yeah, if you want to do something thoughtful or kind, obviously those gifts mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And those things mean a lot. But I really wanted prayers Mm -hmm. because I know that's what got us through and is getting us through. As you walked this journey, what are some of the biggest things you've learned? I honestly, when I was reading that question, I cannot possibly put into words how much God is teaching me, Mm -hmm. taught me and is teaching me. It feels like daily. Mm -hmm. He teaches me something new, weekly, monthly. I mean, it's just so much. And early on, it was different things than what Mm -hmm. I feel like he's teaching me now. I remember the earliest thing he taught me was that, Jenny, you don't see it now, but I'm using this to protect you, Mm -hmm. to protect your family. And while I feel like I know some of the way that that God is protecting our family through this circumstance, I don't think I fully know that. Mm -hmm. But I know that that's one thing he told me from the very Mm -hmm. beginning. And the second thing he told me was that he was preparing my heart. And whether that is for ministry, whether that is for my job, to be a better mom, to be um, a better follower of Christ, to be a better friend, to be a better wife, Mm -hmm. all of the things He's called me to be, I don't know. And again, I think that this will show up exponentially over my life Mm -hmm. in every area that He's calling me to be something or do something, but that He was preparing my heart for Mm -hmm. what He was calling me to do. Mm -hmm. So it went from that to I was overwhelmed with the generosity of people, Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with the gifts, with the food, with the texts, the calls, the cards. I mean, they just came in, I felt like, by the boatload. Mm -hmm. One day I just said, Lord, I can't handle any more of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And he said to my heart, Jenny, this is just like a drop of how much I love you. Mm-hmm. And I was floored mm-hmm. because I thought I wanted it to stop. I said, I feel like someone is holding a water hose to my face and saying, mm-hmm. take a deep breath. You know, mm-hmm. it was so much. But God revealed to me, Jenny, I love you. This is just a tiny drop in the bucket of how mm-hmm. much I love you. And so I said, okay, I'm going to quit fighting it. You know, bring it on. Mm -hmm. I want to know. I want to know in my heart how much you love me. And then I feel like it just 
began to turn into, God was teaching me about He comforts us so that I can comfort others. Mm-hmm. He wants me to not rely on myself, but rely on God who raised Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. He's the God who heals and the God who sustains life. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's just like every time every I time. turn the corner, here's another lesson. Mm-hmm. And one day I was walking. And this to me is probably the most powerful image and I guess what I've learned through this journey and through books I've read and through scripture is that the truths that God reveals to your heart during a time of suffering are universal. Mm. People in other countries mm. who don't have access to the books and to the things that I do, God does still mm-hmm. reveal these same truths to these people's heart and that He's all that we need. And these truths are universal and that suffering brings us to a place in our relationship with Christ that we won't get to any other Mm -hmm. way. He shows us pieces of himself that we wouldn't get to see any other way. He reveals just his love and his goodness. And, you know, you just can't even put into Mm -hmm. words. And had you not gone through the tough stuff, you don't get to see that. And so then it turns into this, it's a gift of Mm -hmm. some backward sense of the Mm -hmm. word. I was going for a walk one day and I'm looking and it is like mountains and trees and the sun shining and the skies as blue as could be. And it was almost like, it was just kind of like a, an image that God gave me of, of this. And it was almost like if I had a tapestry and it was just that picture, you know, of what looked like paradise to me. Mm-hmm. It was comfortable. It was easy. It was beautiful. It was whole. It was just like, oh, I want to live here forever. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. And it's like, but that tapestry that you create, Mm -hmm. that you love, that you think is so beautiful, can block you from seeing Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And and so I had this picture of what if that tapestry, somebody came up and started just ripping holes in it, Mm -hmm. tearing holes in it, shredding it, where you would hold it up and you could see through it. Mm -hmm. This beautiful picture that you had that was just like like perfect, but now it looks awful. There's holes poked all in it. But it's like... What if this is between me and God? The only way I can see God mm-hmm. is to have these holes ripped in my beautiful picture of mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And here we are, we crave what's on that tapestry. We crave that picture, that perfect. But what we really want is to see God. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that unless you get holes in your picture of perfect. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well. So my tapestry has big holes in it because mm. I didn't want this, mm-hmm. you know? This mm-hmm. is not the way I would have drawn mm-hmm. my picture. But it's exactly how God mm-hmm. did, and He's revealing Himself through it. So I'm grateful for that. I'm you know, I, I find myself, and I'll pray for this, like, God, I ache to see you. I ache to hear from you. I ache, like, I want that. Mm-hmm. But then the way you just described that is how much do I want it? Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I willing to face the hard stuff mm-hmm. so I see him better and more mm-hmm. clearly, or do I want to hide from it? And yeah. I think instinct and up until he brings us to our knees, mm-hmm. we are hiding from it. Yeah. And, and no one would want, no one mm-hmm. wants pain. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you can be assured of in the midst of it is his presence mm-hmm. and he will reveal himself. And mm-hmm. it is so sweet when you see the love. And so, yeah, no one wants it. Yeah. You don't want to well, draw it in your picture. but for the, No, you don't want to. Uh, first of all, I shouldn't be drawing to begin with. But second, <laughs> I, I don't want to draw that. But for those people who maybe are just getting diagnosed or mm-hmm. maybe they are fa- they know in 2019 that's something they're going to have to deal with, mm-hmm. what would you say to someone who has maybe just gotten a diagnosis mm-hmm. that they don't? Maybe it's not... 
maybe it's not even just uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just getting news that they did not expect mm-hmm. that is shattering them. Mm-hmm. What would you say to those people? Number one, you'll make it. Mm-hmm. And those words, Tim and I would tell each mm-hmm. other that a lot early on. We're going to make it. 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 You're going to make mm-hmm. it. No, you're going to make it. <laughs> and But you know what? You have to remember that because there are times when you just feel like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I want to give up. It's not worth it. That's the first thing. I would, and then the second thing is that it's not as scary as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it's not as sad as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me that I was going to have cancer at 39, I would have thought that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. And while it has been both of those things at times, that is definitely not the predominant mm-hmm. emotion that mm-hmm. I have felt. It's been there because I'm not, because I'm human. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, I don't feel sad and I don't feel scared mm-hmm. because God has my story in his hands and he's not finished writing my story. Mm-hmm. But that's what I would tell them is mm-hmm. you're going to make it and it's not going to be as mm-hmm. sad or as scary or as hopeless as it seems at mm-hmm. the beginning. What did no one tell you about facing this? What did no one tell you about this time in your life? When mm-hmm. you look back, mm-hmm. what what would no one have told you about that? I think no one told me. The suffering could be sweet. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I hadn't gotten into that. Maybe mm-hmm. because I hadn't really looked into that because I hadn't really suffered. Mm-hmm. But suffering is very sweet mm-hmm. in its own way. Mm-hmm. And I never would have dreamed that mm-hmm. from the beginning. What I love about this, and the reason I was so excited about this podcast, is exactly what you said, is that suffering is universal. Mm-hmm. And you can't live a life apart from it. Because of the world we're in. And I mean, we read that over and over in scriptures. It's Mm -hmm. going, it's going to happen. What I struggle with is the fear Mm -hmm. of when's that shoe going to drop? Right. And even God teaching me, I I didn't design you to live that way either. Mm -hmm. Um, Hearing you say that the suffering, the pain, it's not the overriding emotion. It doesn't have to be. No. And when you look at it now and where I am, I know that if even later on in life that cancer were to come back or mm-hmm. something else even even harder, mm-hmm. even bigger was to happen, I would still be okay then. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I don't feel strongly about that every day. But you know, even this morning, you know, in the message at church, he said, if we can trust God with our our eternity, mm-hmm. where we're gonna spend, then certainly we can trust him with our lives here on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. We have to just trust Mm -hmm. His goodness. We have to trust His plan is good. Mm -hmm. He is good. His plan is good. And that He is making my story good. Mm -hmm. And and hopefully it's to glorify Him Mm -hmm. so that He will get attention Mm -hmm. from our story. We'll get attention from the road that we walk. And I love just as an outsider looking in how God's already used this. In your life and in the lives of other people. And he's, it's like he's showing you his promises when he told you early on, I'm preparing you, Mm -hmm. your heart. I can already see the ways that he has Mm -hmm. been able to use this um, that I doubt you even expected. So I am thankful that you let us in, that you Mm -hmm. let us see this part of your story and that you're so open with this story. One thing that we love to do to wrap up these podcasts is talk about something that you are so happy someone told you about. So what's Mm -hmm. something that you just absolutely love right now? Well, I've never been much of a reader, but right now I'm reading like crazy, Mm -hmm. kind of anything I can get my hands on. At Thanksgiving, my sister-in-law said, have you heard about the new book Lisa Turkhurst wrote Mm -hmm. um, called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way? 
And is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. You've read so many. You just, you can't keep them straight. <laughs> You're such a, little, a scholar. My brain's a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and um, she said, I'm going to order it for you. You know, she, she just really went through a tough time and mm-hmm. she wrote this book. So I get the book and I start reading it and I absolutely cannot put it down. Mm-hmm. It is so packed full of truth and encouragement and Man, it's like every day I forget these truths that God's revealing to my heart, but I can pick that book back up mm-hmm. and I can go back to the the highlights at the end of the chapter and be reminded. Mm-hmm. So anyone is going through any sort of disappointment or discouraged, any kind of hard time, mm-hmm. just thinking, you know what? I really didn't expect it to be this way. Mm-hmm. That book is so powerful to remind us mm-hmm. that God does have our story and He's writing mm-hmm. it and He's going to use all of this tough stuff for good. And also, didn't you say you've... You're starting it over. I mean, you finished it, and you're oh, yeah. rereading it. I did. No sooner. I just couldn't. I could not put it down. I wanted to get through the end of the book. Mm-hmm. But at the end of each chapter, there's some like application questions, mm-hmm. some scripture, some additional passages you can read and sort of dive deeper into each mm-hmm. one. And so I did. Immediately when I finished it, I went back to chapter one, started reading it again, and sort of working through the questions. And the um, it's called Going to the Well. It's oh, okay. at the end of each chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of application, because I didn't want to forget it. And so just journaling through some of those yeah. things too, but it's it's really powerful. So, Well, I feel like at this point, to wrap up, I have to ask you the question that's probably on everyone's mind, Jen. <laughs> what is your favorite emoji? <laughs> Which one do you okay, use so the most? New, the, new, <laughs> the, the last update that came out, it's like this smiley face. <laughs> is it the squiggly he's, line? It's kind of a squiggly smile. His face looks like it's squished on one side. I don't know if he's embarrassed. If he's, I was going to ask, what's the proper use for it? We really aren't sure. So that's why I keep using it. Um. When you don't know what else to do, just send that emoji oh, and it's fine. Yes. So that's what I do. I don't know what the name of this little guy is. Um, my brother looked it up and I can't remember what the actual name was, but he's squishy face. Squishy face. And He's your go-to. And I love to I love it so much. (laughs) Jen, you're the greatest. Thank Thank you you so much for spending this time with us. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. One week from this show's release, Jenny will go in for her reconstructive surgery. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, will you take just a few seconds and pray for her and her family? I'm so thankful for all of you and this community, and I'll see you next week.